if you can sit through the uncut Justice League Snyder version for four hours, then you can definitely sit through 40 minutes of Tanahashi versus Jay White for the never open weight championship title that New Japan Pro Wrestling gave us. It was a simple story of hero versus villain. Tanahashi did not want to give that never open weight championship title up, but Jay White, as consistent as he is, as cerebral as he is, deserved every single minute of that 40-minute match to tell a wonderful story. And now that I have your attention, you're listening to an episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and welcome, Rinku Army, to the breakdown of the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi, versus the Switchblade, Jay White, for that never-open-weight championship title for night one of Wrestling Dantaku 2021. Let's highlight the amazing storytelling in this match. Jay White took almost a month off, give or take. He came back here to the States. He did a meet and greet at the WrestleCon over in Florida and then had some time to rest and came back on May 3rd to face Tanahashi for that never openweight championship title. And while he rested, at home, Tanahashi continued to team up with Chaos and other members of the New Japan roster to take on Bullet Club and to specifically fight with Gato until Jay White's triumphant return to New Japan Pro Wrestling. So Tanahashi was definitely on every single tour show while Jay White had a nice rest up. And you might say that might be one sided. The fact that spoiler alert, Jay White won. But my purpose of this podcast episode is to break down the wonderful story that Jay White told. And that story went over almost everyone's heads. So I'm here to save the day, even if it's May 10th of me recording this. So obviously Tanahashi was definitely exhausted throughout the whole entire road to Dantaku tour, even though he never really showed any signs of it. He would go to the gym, work out. His body was definitely getting better. And both him and Gato are national treasures. Gato keeping up the whole booing Tanahashi's abs if Jay White is not there. And I also mentioned this in my other podcast episodes that Tanahashi would try to do the Blade Runner on Gato, trying to call out Jay White, trying to let Jay White know that Tanahashi isn't afraid of Jay White when it comes to the championship match on May 3rd, that Tanahashi is willing to do Jay White's move as a mock. But Tanahashi was never able to hit the Blade Runner on Gato because evil will come in and evil will stop that move from Tanahashi and evil will protect the Blade Runner move that Jay White is definitely known for and definitely protect Bullet Club. See, when Jay White is not there, evil steps up into being the second in command of Bullet Club and helps Bullet Club get through stuff, even if his... Matchups with Yano is not the best. However, 
the Blade Runner is definitely protected. Tanahashi never really hits the Blade Runner on Gato in those Road 2 shows. But Tanahashi did manage to have Gato tap out to the Texas Cloverleaf hold that Tanahashi really upholds as his finisher, one of his finishers. And I wonder if Gato tapping out sent a message to Jay White that Jay White has to kick it into overdrive and to make sure that he gets this victory over Tanahashi. My guess will obviously be no, because Jay White always goes into every one of his matches knowing that he's going to win, that he's going to come out on top. Even if he loses, he knows he's still going to be the one talked about. So therefore, he wins anyway. Jay White is a winner. Bullet Club is a winner. And that makes the world of professional wrestling go round. On those Road to Dantaku shows, Tanahashi was in a tag team match. He teamed back up with Ibushi. Ibushi came back after suffering his first loss against Will Ospreay by losing the IWGP Heavyweight Championship title, which on the next podcast episode, it will be Shingo versus Ospreay. I'll dive into that as well. So Tanahashi teams up with Ibushi to take on Hinari and Jeff Cobb of the United Empire. That match was definitely brutal. That match had a lot of physical power, physical ability, technical ability, and it was really amazing to watch. Jeff Cobb is definitely a beast in the ring. And because of Jeff Cobb's size and strength, along with Hinari helping out, it definitely helped weaken Tanahashi before his huge match against Jay White on May 3rd. So thank you to the United Empire for help weakening Tanahashi to have JY get the belt a little bit more easier, even though when the match happened, you basically saw that Tanahashi was in peak physical condition. And if he was hurting from his tag match against United Empire, he showed no signs whatsoever. So let's talk about entrances because from the moment of the entrances all the way to the one, two, three in this match, covering a span of 40 minutes, it felt like a movie. It felt right. It had all of the emotional components in this match, and it was definitely psychological from the very beginning. Both Tanahashi and Jay White locked up in the middle of that ring. I could definitely say that this is the most cleanest Jay White match I have ever saw. There wasn't that much interference. The only interference was Gato coming up onto the ring apron, but not really physically getting involved. However, Tanahashi doing everything in his power to have Gato be sidelined by doing a dragon screw to Gato's leg. And then Jay White trying to be as slick and as cunning that Jay White is having his feet on the ropes to try to get a pin victory via that way. But for the most part, Jay White got himself a clean victory by hitting the Blade Runner on Tanahashi. And I know I'm jumping around a little too much into the match, but let's go back to the entrances. Jay White comes out as normal, comes out in red this time. For some reason, I think that when wrestlers choose the colors that they want, it has a significant meaning in their matches most of the time. The last time he wore red was to win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship title from Tanahashi 
at the new beginning february 2019 in osaka japan and now it's the same result the only thing different is that may 3rd was a special day may 3rd was bullet club day so it made sense to give jay white the never open weight championship title so jay white comes out in red comes out as his cocky self his confident self and waits in the ring Tanahashi comes out next. There is a different atmosphere about Tanahashi. Tanahashi has a new look. He looks rejuvenated. And the one thing that everybody popped for is that finally Tanahashi decided to wear that Never Openweight Championship title around his waist. Ever since he won the Never Championship title, he was saying that he needs to defeat the most worthiest of opponents in order to wear it around his waist. For the time being, he'll wear it on his shoulder and that's about it. Tanahashi loves upholding traditions that sometimes don't make sense, that sometimes are very outdated, but it's Tanahashi and he likes to uphold tradition in New Japan Pro Wrestling, which I can't be mad at it. It's something that Tanahashi has always done and there's a different of wrestling philosophy that he follows, which is all cool. But this time when he's facing Jay White, he knows Jay White is a worthy adversary to his never openweight championship title. The same way that Jay White was definitely a worthy adversary to the IWGP heavyweight championship title that Tanahashi held at the time. And then all the rest of their feuds, all the rest of their matches that they had throughout the years in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So right there, Tanahashi knows he's going into a match with a well-rounded Jay White and because Jay White is now worthy of having this match, he decided to wear the belt around his waist. And he also hid his abs with that belt as well. When he takes off the belt in the ring, he definitely has the abs that he wanted to get. He definitely worked out. And the other thing too about his presence is that it felt like a superhero coming into the arena where the fans definitely cheer for Tanahashi. Obviously, Tanahashi is definitely the crowd favorite, the homegrown talent. So he has a lot more praise and adulation for him. And you could definitely see that he absorbs that and he loves that. And he plays to the crowd every single time that he comes out. And he definitely felt like the superhero in this story that's going to rid the villain of the story of not getting the championship title over on the dark side for as much as JY not being there within like the month and then coming back on May 3rd to face Tanahashi it felt like nothing skipped the beat it felt like it was right it felt like it was meant to be even if they haven't confronted each other on the road to Dantaku and that's what I love about these guys these guys can create stories and feuds on Twitter that are not so underwhelming, overwhelming, very cringy, that plays well into what the story has become. And so here we get into the match. JY starts off by talking shit to Tanahashi. Jay White always talks shit to Tanahashi, and I'm always here for it whenever he does. And he was telling Tanahashi that that title is going to come home with him. After the talking shit segment, Jay White tries to surprise 
Tanahashi by getting a one up on him. But Tanahashi is ready for all of Jay White's surprises and goes for a dragon screw early on. This whole entire match has been dragon screw after dragon screw after dragon screw. And I understand why. Tanahashi wants to weaken the knees of Jay White and Jay White wants to weaken the knees of Tanahashi so that we both of these guys can be in so much pain that when either one of them does a submission move, their opponent can tap out and they win the match. The whole point of this feud between Tanahashi and Jay White is to have somebody tap to gain those bragging rights of saying I tapped you out because tapping out should be an embarrassment in this sport sure you could get pinned you could get knocked out but if you get submitted if you tap out to your opponent that means that your opponent is better than you Jay White tends to do out of spite things in every single narrative that he has, in every single match that he has, even the big time events, stuff that he does is really out of spite because it makes his victories and it makes his words that much sweeter. That was the whole point of this match between him and Tanahashi when it came to working on each other's knees. If someone can't stand, they're obviously wounded. And like a predator, you go in for the kill, meaning that you'll go in, put your submission on, and hopefully your opponent is tapping. Therefore, you get the victory, you get your hand raised, you either keep the title or you don't keep the title. And it was really smartly played within this 40-minute match. So, back to the match at hand. Get another lockup from Tanahashi and Jay White. There's a lot of strength going on. And they get to the ropes, cause a rope break. Obviously, Jay White is showboating at this time. Tanahashi does a drop toe hold to Jay White, and Jay White hits his neck on the second rope. Tanahashi maintains that headlock control and does a headlock takeover. Jay White gets out. Tanahashi does a Irish whip to Jay White into the corner. Jay sidesteps Tanahashi, and as Jay goes in for an attack, Tanahashi hits him with a back elbow. Then Tanahashi gets up to the second rope, does that flying cross body, hits Jay, rolling through and does a little bit of air guitar. Both men are now back up to a vertical base and Tanahashi again has that side headlock applied to Jay White. They finally get close to the ropes. Jay White picks up Tanahashi, hangs him up on the top rope, and this allows Tanahashi to go to the outside now. And this is where Jay White gets very dangerous. He's a very dangerous man on the outside. He uses the environment to his advantage. And so Jay White slams Tanahashi onto the apron, which is the hardest part of the ring, as you guys know. Then starts messing with Yuya. Jay White then gets back into the ring and starts working on Tanahashi's knees. He starts stomping on his ankles as well. Brought Tanahashi into the corner, do some shoulder blocks, some more shots, and then does a backbreaker and goes for a cover and Tanahashi kicks out at two. Jay White automatically sets up a simple leg lock where he puts pressure on the thighs of Tanahashi. Tanahashi then tries to give some forearms to Jay, but Jay just rakes the eyes of Tanahashi. Tanahashi then turns over to try to relieve some of the pain that Jay White is causing him and his legs. 
And Tanahashi finally gets to the ropes and causes a rope break. Red Shoes is right there to see this, tells Jay White to release the hold, but Jay White can't. And Jay White is messing around and Jay White needs the referee's help to untangle the submission that Jay White has on Tanahashi. Red Shoes does this and that allows Jay White to then position Tanahashi underneath the bottom rope to do a slingshot to Tanahashi. Obviously, at ringside, Tanahashi's student, Suji, does not like what he sees and encourages Tanahashi with all of his might and all of his support to have Tanahashi not give up anytime soon. Now have a combo strike by Jay White to Tanahashi. And now they're exchanging strikes and Jay White is definitely taking this lightly. Then Tanahashi gets in some much needed energy Tanahashi hits a dragon screw onto Jay White. Jay White gets back up and starts doing a combo strike to Tanahashi. But then Tana comes in with a shoulder tackle to Jay. And then a drop kick to Jay that sends him into the corner. Tanahashi picks him up for a body slam. Goes up to the top rope, does a senton. And then Tana does a drop kick to Jay White's knee. After some time, Jay White is able to do a DDT to Tanahashi. And as Jay White charges to Tanahashi, Tanahashi kicks Jay White's knee. After some time, Jay White manages to get some offense in by throwing Tanahashi's knee against the ring post. And then a dragon screw to Jay White on the ropes from Tanahashi. Tanahashi comes in with a high cross body to Jay on the outside. Jay and Tanahashi try for a waist lock control when they get back into the ring. Tanahashi then does something smart, something that wrestlers don't really do. And you know, this is him being a veteran, him being having so many years in the business. And I thought it was just a really smart move. Tanahashi stomps Jay White's foot and Jay White releases the waist control that he probably would have had. Jay then does a flatliner to Tanahashi and a deadlift German suplex. Tanahashi does some back elbows and Jay ducks them and then does his beautiful Saido suplex. Tanahashi then counters Jay White's Kiwi Crusher with two twists and shouts. And then Jay drops down hugging Tana's leg and this is where the psychological game comes into play this is where not only Jay White is very dangerous but he's a very smart man in storytelling so at this point of the match he is obviously exhausted Tanahashi is obviously exhausted both of their legs are probably burning and they are weak as hell and they need to continue to go on because neither men are going to submit both men have pride issues. Tanahashi definitely has a pride issue. He has carried the company for years and he is one of the best. This is why he is the ace of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Jay White is keen switch. He understands pro wrestling better than many and he understands how to play into the pride of the people that he wrestles and he's very good at manipulating the situation. Here are some examples before we get further into this match to prove my point that this is where the psychological actions come in. 
Do you guys remember back at Wrestle Kingdom 15 of this year where it was Jay White versus Kota Ibushi for that double championship title? And do you remember the part in the match where Jay White decided to just lay down and have Kota Ibushi pin him? At that point, both men were exhausted in the match. And this was Jay White's way of trying to get a one-up on his opponent, trying to play into his opponent's pride and trying to have his opponent basically make a mistake because Jay White is all about taking opportunities at the right time and causing opportunities for himself that will result in a victory for him. Kota Ibushi did not take the bait when Jay White decided to just drop down to the mat and have Kota Ibushi pin him at Wrestle Kingdom 15. So it is no surprise that in this match, when Jay White decides to drop down and hug Tanahashi's leg, that Tanahashi was not falling for whatever Jay White had in mind. And that's a very smart move that Tanahashi does. He doesn't waste any time. He doesn't waste any moves and he goes straight for the attack on Jay White. So what he did was an inverted dragon screw into a twist and shout. But Jay White is resilient and does a Uranagi to Tanahashi. And then a sleeper suplex to Tanahashi. At this point, his legs are probably screaming at him to stop. The way that they continue the rest of the match was definitely on shaky legs, all pun intended, but they had to prove to each other that one of them was either going to submit or take the pin and that one of them was better than the other. We get another dragon screw to Tanahashi by Jay White, and then Jay White applies the Texas Cloverleaf to Tanahashi. Tanahashi does not tap. Jay transitions the Texas Cloverleaf into the TTO, the Tanahashi tap out. And this is where Jay White really wanted Tanahashi to tap out. However, Tanahashi got to the ropes and caused a rope break. Jay White does some chop blocks to Tanahashi to further weaken Tanahashi's leg strength. We get some elbow strikes and some slaps between the two. And Tanahashi puts Jay White in a full Nelson. And this allows for a little mini test of strength to happen. Jay White breaks out of the full Nelson only for Tanahashi to do a straight jacket suplex onto Jay White. Connects with the bridge. Jay White kicks out at two. Tanahashi comes in with a sling blade to Jay White after. And Gator decides to come up on the apron and Tanahashi knocks him down. This is the first time that Gato interferes into this match. Jay then catches Tanahashi and tries for a blade runner. But that gets blocked and we're right back to the TTO. Tanahashi rolls over to the ropes to cause a rope break. Tana comes in with another dragon screw to Jay White. Jay does a dragon screw to Tanahashi. Tanahashi kicks Jay White's knee and Jay does the same thing to Tanahashi. At this point, they are at a standstill and they both rest a little bit apart from each other, resting on the ropes and realizing that if they continue to do this knee kicking segment, that they were not going to get anywhere. They were just going to go in a circle. It's going to be a loop. 
And this is the power of storytelling. Both of these guys want a victory so bad that they would hurt each other so much just to have the other opponent submit or to take a pin loss. The other thing, too, is that they showed their fighting spirit in two different ways. Obviously, the goal is to either retain the title or have a new champion carry around that title. And however that happened, you can see in this match, they wanted to get it any means necessary. And if that means putting your opponent out on the sidelines for a couple months because you fucked up their knee, then so be it. Jay knew that he was going to be in a fight for that championship title. And Tanahashi knew the same thing, except that Jay was leading this fight. Tanahashi was only responding to it because he's champion. So he has to defend that championship title. And if need be... He would definitely do whatever it takes to retain that championship title. And I'll talk about that a little bit further in this match. Tanahashi did something very unorthodox as playing a baby face. So as they agree to not do any more kicks to their knees, we finally get a forearm exchange. But that obviously does not last. Jay White, as cunning as he is, chops Tanahashi's leg and kicks it and does a dragon screw comes in with multiple uppercuts to Tanahashi in the corner Tanahashi comes in with a big clothesline to Jay White and Jay starts kicking away from Tanahashi to create some type of separation between the two however Tanahashi comes in with another dragon screw Jay gets up on wobbly legs and in comes a sling blade from Tanahashi but it gets countered into the Blade Runner however Tanahashi counters that with a sling blade goes for a cover on Jay White Jay White kicks out at two and this is where we get to the unorthodox Tanahashi we all know Tanahashi is the baby face Tanahashi does not really break the rules as much and he is there for the fans the fans love him however you knew that this championship title meant the world to Tanahashi and he knows how much of a challenge Jay White has been throughout both of their careers. And he knows how much of a worthy adversary Jay White is. Despite all of the tactics that Jay White uses, despite all the interferences that Gato does to help Jay White win some of his victories, Tanahashi knows how dangerous Jay White is. And Tanahashi also knows that he must protect the never open weight championship title, that it is his destiny to be this white knight for the never division, to be the shining light for the never division. And don't lose that and set an example for not only the company, but for all the rest of the roster members who want to fight him for that never open weight championship title so Tanahashi has a lot of pressure on him Tanahashi has a lot of eyes on him and definitely Tanahashi has a lot of weight on him and that is his fighting spirit when he came into this match to be the white knight the shining light and the defender of not only the never division before that never open weight championship title for all of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And in his way is Jay White, the most cunning switchblade of a snake to come into the world of professional wrestling and take it over. And so 
As Jay White lays on the mat, Tanahashi goes out to the top rope and delivers a regular cross body on Jay White. Sure, not a problem. All cool. Babyface mentality, babyface move. However, Tanahashi goes back up to the top rope and decides to do another cross body, but this time across the knees of Jay White. That was a dirty move. That was a dirty tactic. And you knew at that moment that Tanahashi was desperate. Tanahashi was desperate to get this match over with, claim any type of victory, whether that would be a pin, a submission, or maybe even Jay White forfeiting because his knees could have been seriously hurt. And me being such a huge Jay White fan and being in such a huge supporter of him and his wrestling career, when he cried out in pain, that shit hurt my heart. It's the same way if any of my boys in the New York area, especially my team, too good, if any of them were to get really hurt that bad, I would definitely do everything in my power to make sure that they were good, that they weren't really injured too much. I would definitely feel the hurt. And when Jay cried out in pain, that really got to me. That bothered me. It almost took me back to his nine minute monologue at the end of Wrestle Kingdom 15, where you could see the hurt, you could see the pain. You know, these guys put out a lot of sacrifices for our entertainment. And the last thing you want is to hear one of your favorites get really hurt. But in kayfabe, he was hurt. In real life, he was probably hurting. But thank God there was no damage damage done to his knees because of that. And that's when I really realized that Tanahashi wanted to keep this belt more than ever. And if he had to hurt his opponent, maybe he's not such a white knight after all for the fans and for the division that there's always been a darker Tanahashi deep down inside. And I'm not sure we ever saw that. Tanahashi does have a different way of thinking about professional wrestling and has a different philosophy for it. But that proved that he was willing to do anything as a champion to keep his status as a champion. And that was a different turning point for Tanahashi. And unfortunately, it wasn't enough. So after Tanahashi does that, he puts the Texas Cloverleaf hold on Jay White. This is where... Gato comes in to interfere and Tanahashi drops Jay White's legs and Tanahashi goes and knocks down Gato by doing the dragon screw on Gato through the ropes. This allows a small distraction and Jay White comes in to do a small package to Tanahashi. Tanahashi kicks out of that. Jay White then goes for a backslide, tries to have his feet up on the ropes to get a leverage advantage for that pin. However, Tanahashi kicks out at two. Both men are back to a vertical base and Jay White reaches for the ropes and tries to break Tanahashi's waist grip on him. And he does. And guess what Jay White does? He does the Blade Runner on Tanahashi. Jay White goes for the cover. One, two, three. We get a brand new never open weight champion on Bullet Club Day. So that's something to celebrate. And now Jay White is the first ever quadruple champion of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Congratulations to him. That's definitely a phenomenal accolade to add on to his very young career. And he deserves it. He knows that he deserves it. And 
someone like me who reviews his matches and talk about him on the podcast, he definitely deserves it even more. He was the IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion, the IWGP Intercontinental Champion, the IWGP Heavyweight Champion, and now the Never Open Weight Champion that would definitely bring the division up and give it a much needed lift. The next titles that JY needs to add to his accolades are definitely those six-man tag team championships that Ishigoto and Yoshihashi has not been doing anything with it since the ending of the tour. And then also to add the IWGP heavyweight tag team championships to his accolades as well. In Jay White's post-match comments, he said that he is the real belt collector And that's probably a shot at Kenny Omega being the current belt collector, so to speak, on the wrestling scene. The only reason why I would side with Jay White in this conversation rather than Kenny Omega is because everything that Jay White does is not only believable, but it's true. Jay White does what Jay White wants and Jay White is definitely a contender to fight Kenny Omega again. And let's see if we could ever get there down the path of this forbidden door being open. Maybe one day we'll get a JY versus Kenny Omega, but I really don't want that as of yet. I need Kenny Omega to change his character and be as serious as JY and not the carbon copy cartoon that he's doing of the cleaner or whatever he's doing now. Jay White just has a more natural flow in storytelling and knows what he wants to give us, the fans, in terms of his in-ring performance and definitely backstage comments. The other backstage comments that he mentioned was that he's giving David Finley the first opportunity to fight him for that never openweight championship title. He needs to right the wrong against David Finley. And how best do you do it? You mess with a man's pride by telling him, is that where you want to stay with on your streak? Because David Finley got the victory over Jay White during the New Japan Cup. So that brings David Finley two wins however jay white has 12 wins over david finley so just mess with his pride and be like is that how you want to leave it 12 to 2 we still have not heard from david finley whether or not he accepts but then again in tokyo they're in a state of emergency where shows are canceled so we don't know what's going to be happening however david finley should be giving jay white an answer to his challenge David Finley should not be settling with two wins over 12 losses anyway. I know David Finley and Finn Juice are defending their Impact World Tag Team Championships over at Impact. But if David Finley wants to be considered the best whenever Finn Juice breaks up, you might as well answer to Keen Switch because he's given him an olive branch and he's given him an extended hand to have him fight him for that never championship title. And then number two is Taguchi on there, which is hilarious. But I understand why he's on there. He is definitely a lovable guy on the New Japan roster. So why not, right? It'll just be a fun filler match. But you know, Jay White is going to elevate Taguchi when they get to their match. 
Hell, Taguchi might even be first in line over David Finley if Finley does not give a answer to Keen's switch. And to put everything into perspective of this podcast episode, Jay White's fighting spirit within New Japan Pro Wrestling is definitely his ability to mess with people's prides. The moment you mess with someone's pride and tell them the facts, the truth about whether they deserve a title shot or not deserve a title shot or their wrestling ability or something that they attach to and identify with. The moment you tell them some truth and some facts, they automatically get upset because that's a personal thing. And then bam, their pride is on the line. And that is where Jay White strikes. In this whole entire match, it was pride on the line along with that never open weight championship title. And it went an amazing 40 minute match that told the story of two guys with fighting spirits that will do anything to get the championship title and be the face of the Never Division because for a while the Never Division wasn't really up there. Now that the belt is on Jay White, it could be elevated. We could have some fresh matchups, some fresh storylines. Tana was just there as a placeholder for Jay White and Bullet Club. So Tana, thank you for your services of keeping that belt warm until Jay White took it from you. Overall, it was definitely brilliant and it basically proved that New Japan Pro Wrestling has two of the hardest working wrestlers to push the company in a very good direction. And I'm not taking anything away from Osprey, who's going to be the spotlight for the next episode of the Square Circle podcast, which surprisingly, no one complained that Osprey versus Shingo went 45 minutes but people complained about Jay White versus Tanahashi going 40 minutes. Let these guys tell you a story. Sit down and relax and enjoy the ride of wrestlers being storytellers because over here in the States with AEW and WWE, these wrestlers forget to do storytelling inside the ring. And that's important for character development. That's important for promos. That's important for everything. Storytelling within a match, within a ring, shapes the course of professional wrestling. That's like wrestling 101, guys. Storytelling is key. It helps the fans identify with you guys and attach on to their favorite characters. It helps character development. It helps promos. It helps everything. It even helps the commentators because the commentators have to drive the story in order for the fans to get attached to it. So Tanahashi versus Jay White for that never open weight championship title was phenomenal for 40 minutes. I love the story. I hope that you guys gained some value and some insight from this podcast episode as I broke down the story and told you this and that. Don't forget that professional wrestling is the purest form of theater and it should be remained as theater. And New Japan Pro Wrestling still believes in that concept. This is why we see Switchblade Jay White, Will Ospreay as the forefront that is pushing New Japan Pro Wrestling to tell amazing stories because it is still an art form. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that has been my analysis of the never open weight 
championship match between Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Jay White. Again, Jay White is our new never openweight champion and the first ever quadruple champion of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And that was a wonderful 40 minute match. If you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoy breaking it down, make sure to show us some love. And here are some of the ways that you guys can do so. Head over to anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast. This episode will be up there. It'll also be on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you're over on the Anchor side and you want to leave your opinion, make sure to hit that button that says voice message. I will listen to it and I'll play it on the podcast and I'll definitely talk about it. If you guys want to leave me a tip for my hard work, you guys can do that too. You can leave me any amount of tip that you want. And if you are on Twitter... I talk about wrestling 24-7 on Twitter. Make sure to at and follow me at Marie underscore Shadows. And if you want to take it a step further and help out the website where you can get wrestling, writing, and gaming-related topics, head over to www.ravagelands.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to an episode of the Square Circle Podcast. This episode is going to be about 40 minutes long. I am your host, Marie Shadows. And I'll see you guys on the next one.